It's almost weird because you go through this active healing crisis and your body goes haywire and then it kind of quiets down for a little bit and then it comes alive. And now spirit, soul and body are perfectly aligned and in your worship and you feel this closeness to the Lord. And then, oh man, the most beautiful thing about it, you know, in the Bible it talks about joy inexpressible and full of glory like that, like joy. I mean, it's a third of the kingdom. It's a real emotion and you feel it, but it's not tied to any event where I'm joyful because of this. Like you now exist in this incredible space of oneness and gratitude and, and, and joy. It's, it is the weirdest thing in the world. You're listening to the Rule of Life podcast by Practicing the Way. In each season, we explore an ancient practice from the way of Jesus and its relevance for the modern era. This is season three, fasting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of season three of the Rule of Life podcast on the practice of fasting. My name is John Mark Comer. I'm here with a few of my very favorite people. (laughs) To my right is the lovely Yinka Dawson. Hello, hello. Affectionately known as the Yinka. (laughs) I can't believe that. You know you're pretty cool when you have an article. (laughs) No, I'm still disbelieving. (laughs) We can start here. At all. Okay, Yinka, give us your full name. All of my name. And all of its glory. Done. It's my official first name is Mary. So it's Mary Olayinka Fumilayo Tokumbo. Visayo, and now Dawson. If <laughs> <laughs> I go by Yinka Dawson. <laughs> I knew there were several, but like they just kept coming. No, they do, they it do, because so our lovely. people have a culture around like a naming ceremony and your grandfather gives you a name and your mom and it's incredible and it's oh like a sentence to tell a story prophetic about your life. So I have oh, very many names. So lovely. Yeah. Yinka is originally from Nigeria I and am. if you have run the Sabbath practice or oh, the prayer practice you. in your church or small group, Yinka and yeah. your husband Christian, who is yeah. a dear friend as well, are yeah. co-hosts of the practices including fasting which is out now pretty cool yinka you are on staff with refugee care collective which is a nonprofit that kind of started out of our church here in portland tell us a little bit about the mission of what you do absolutely a refugee care collective we get to come alongside people refugees and resettling from all over the world and rebuilding their lives in portland so people from afghanistan ukraine democratic republic of congo Myanmar, rwanda Syria, Iran, Iraq, and such an honor to get to come alongside people and just like a very vulnerable time in their lives, but also to learn from them resilience and strength and um, the capacity to build again after everything's been lost. And so, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. It's also your birthday today. It is. <laughs> yes, serendipitously or yes. sovereignly, depending no, yes. on your theological maybe. stream of yes. the church. <laughs> this is but, true. But uh, happy true. birthday. Thank you. That's oh, it's cool. an honor. This, honestly, it really is. This is probably one of the most memorable. Getting to sit around the table with you three on the day of my birth, 31st year. Honestly. Here we are. And uh, Yinka is new to the podcast. And Very new. I don't think you've done anything like this before. <laughs> no. We know you super well from life together in community. But yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, in movies, when there's a new actor, in particular a young one, yeah. and there's like an introducing <laughs> for the, for the first time. I feel like we should have like 
for all of digital Christendom and introducing the so Yinka. Kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I bow, I bow, a gentle bow. Well, listening. we're very, very happy you're here. Oh, gosh, and to my honored. left is another one of my favorite people, Jaren Oda. Hey, my friend. Hello, aloha, everyone. Hello. Great to have you here. Jaren is the youth pastor at Bridgetown Church. Originally, though, from Hawaii. Pastor, or say it proper for me. Pastor of youth. No, no, Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. Yeah, there well, you go. I, I can even go more, but I won't. Ah, know, give, give us the full thing. Should, For all my native brothers and sisters, please forgive me if I mispronounce this. Hawaii. Ah, there you have it. Thank you. You are the youth pastor at Bridgetown Church, pastor to all three of my children, Aww. officially the best youth pastor I've ever known yeah. in my whole life. True. And you are so. at this table for a number of reasons. One, you are utterly brilliant and yeah. so fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Two, you are so aware of all that Gen Z is facing. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's really important <clears throat> to have your voice in the conversation yeah. and spiritual formation in general. And then mm-hmm. three, when we ran this practice at One Iteration in Bridgetown, you were the one teaching it. Mm-hmm. And so you've done this uh, practice, not just in your own life, but as a pastor and as a teacher with people kind of working it out for the very first mm-hmm. time. So yeah. really happy to have you here around the table. Um, if you have been through the Sabbath practice or if you were listening along to the podcast during the Sabbath season, uh, Jaren and Yinka and their spouses are all in our Sabbath community ah. that you would hear me talk about. Or words <laughs> so sad. We just moved so to California much. and it's oh my grief and loss. But I'm in town to record this podcast <laughs> and in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this Friday night, we're all Sabbath together. Shaloming. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so these, these two are kin to me. They are family mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I'm so... Grateful that you're here. And together we want to host a conversation between us and then with four very special guests about this ancient spiritual practice of fasting. Mm -hmm. To start, I open session one of the practice by saying that fasting has basically disappeared Mm -hmm. from the modern Western church Mm -hmm. and kind of modern Christian spirituality, which is bizarre if you consider how central it was to the way of Jesus, Mm -hmm. not only, you know, in ancient history, but really through most of Mm -hmm. church history. The one time that Jesus explicitly teaches on the spiritual disciplines or practices in the Sermon on the Mount, he only names three, and it's mm-hmm. prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But it's very rare to meet a modern Western Christian. That's very important. We'll talk about that in a minute. Not a global Christian, but a Western Christian or an American Christian for whom pra- fasting is a regular mm-hmm part of their life Mm -hmm. and their discipleship to Jesus. So to start, I would kind of love to hear a little bit from you guys just by way of biography. How did you come to this practice? Yinka, let's start with you. Like, how how did you get into this thing? Yeah, yeah. So the church tradition I grew up in actually fasted. So this is in Nigeria. And my parents' church essentially was set off like the beginning of the year, like 50-day fasting, and then the whole church community would be on a fast for different Wait, reasons. did you say 50, 50 not 15? No, 50, not like 15, my parents. Not 50 yeah, hour, no, not 50, 50 hour, day. 50 day from like sunrise to sunset. Like my parents were just at the end of like, I think this was a 30 or 50 day fast, like for the year. And it's just like you're praying and declaring and there's a word. Wow. And you know your heart when it's like longer than Moses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's like 40 days. Jesus did. You do 50. Let's go. You, <laughs> you know? <do> 50. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. But my personal story around fasting actually came um, along when 
I believe it was 2012 or so when it was um, the Coney 2012 mm. and trying to essentially like create kind of a global awareness of what the genocide Kony in, in Uganda. Yeah, in Rwanda. Yeah, yes. Uganda. Yeah. And, and so that was my, so my parents had fasted and these kind of like church-wide kind of like we're doing this all together. But it wasn't the first time I fa- fasted, kind of aware of something that was happening in the world in my own like lord like we need you was yeah. around hmm. learning about the genocide in rwanda and so for me i was just like i was part of campaigns and all these kinds of things but i was like lord we need your intervention like i was just devastated by what was happening um just in the story of the people there who were refugees and affected by the war still and how old were you roughly then oh let's see my maths teenager yeah it was probably like 18 19 around that time hmm. yeah wow. and so and honestly, that was my own sort of personal story and introduction into fasting in an extended amount of time. I think I'd fasted from sunup to sundown for like a month. Um, and then after that, it actually changed just how I understood kind of like Jesus's yeah. invitation. Because wow. it was complicated, which I'm excited we'll get to talk a bit more about that. To fast for something that has no simple solutions um, and to fast for something that afflicted people and continues to, even those, even when the war ceases, the carry of the war in their bones hmm. and in their memory and in their bodies. And, yeah. and so, yeah. Yeah, what does an answer to prayer look oh, like in my a situation goodness. like that? I still ask Jesus that. I'm yeah. like, Lord, as I intercede with and for people um, with something as like vast and devastating like war or genocide, yeah. what does it mean to be with mm. in the midst of that? And so, yeah. Jay, what about wow. for you? Why was I second? That's, that's <laughs> a little rough to follow. How did you get into fasting? Okay. For me, my, my first fast <laughs> occurred somewhat intuitively and honestly quite casually. Similar mm. to JT where a little bit happened by accident, mm. he was saying. So I remember clearly I had just been baptized at Bridgetown back in 2015. And every Sunday, and literally like before, college student at yeah, the time. Yeah, I was a college time, student. Right? Yeah, just trying to figure things out. Yeah. We had just gone through all these incredible series at Bridgetown. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all that to say, uh, every Sunday before and even after being baptized, I would make a weekly trip to my North Portland McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, literally like every week. Spiritual formation. <laughs> every week showing Spiritual up. Spiritual deformation. De- well, However you categorize yeah, this, I, this I, moment in Jason. Anyhow. There, I have to the seen d- supersized. <laughs> I have I two, and I still went. Sobered um, by that. <laughs> and I mean, literally to the point where the cashier Brittany, she literally knew my order. <laughs> my number. name. <laughs> so she's like, "Hey, Jaren, number ten with large," <laughs> and then we have a great conversation. It was a great time of life, though. I mean, it would be a John Mark sermon, and then chicken nuggets. <laughs> it would be wonderful. So uh, here's the thing, though. At that point in my faith, I really don't know how else to explain it. But I was excited to give up things for God. Mm. I, I don't know how to put it. I felt as if I had heaven's full attention on mm. me from the morning I'd wake up. And, and during that time, yeah. when I felt the affection and attention of Jesus so clearly, wow. I naturally just kind of felt led to give things up, to simplify, yeah. to share. This is where my curiosity around serving the poor started to come up right around mm. as fasting came up. So yeah. I, I think, John Mark, you could correct me, but I feel like I recognize that period, that f- like favor-filled period. 
as mm-hmm. kenosis or like this self-emptying mm-hmm. space naturally yeah, Philippians just two is what yeah, you're referring to to be there. filled by god and wanting to give up emptying mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's like wanting to give up though, yeah. which was incredible mm-hmm. so all that to say a few weeks after my baptism i decided to give up my weekly trips to the golden arches wow. which i still I believe they have the best fries <laughs> out there <laughs> yes no, that's true. and I instead i would just go back home to my north portland apartment after those sundays often with a sore and or groaning belly quite honestly but open in prayer mm-hmm. and just expectant so it happened by accident. Um, but all that to say, let's hear from you, John Mark. Yeah. How did well, fast up, I love everything you said, except the best fries in Portland are the truffle fries from Little Big Burger. Oh, not really McDonald's. Though, Come you'd on. be surprised. Is there like the way the McDonald's fries are cut and the sold? Like <laughs> no, I'm once every like 10 I'm years. I'm not saying they're not it's good. Not bad. This is I'm saying. This is bad. Anyway, this is John, a whole other podcast I will, series I'll just say, on feasting. I have brought. <laughs> Fries from Little Big Burger to Sabbath. That's true. He has. You so I'm that. on you. Yeah. I'm on your side. We're on the same page. <laughs> How did you um, do this? Okay. So, yeah, for me, growing up, I only have two memories of fasting. I never remember anybody preaching or teaching on it. Mm. It's not a part of the kind of Bible church tradition I was in. I have two memories. One is my parents, when we made the decision to move from California when I was a teenager up to Portland, I remember my parents praying and fasting Mm -hmm. for several days to discern God's will Mm -hmm. before we made the official Mm -hmm. decision to move. Mm -hmm. And so that somehow lodged in my, you know, adolescent brain, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you fast and pray when you are in a period where your goal is to discern Mm -hmm. God's will for your life. And then the other memory I have is when I was, I don't know, 16 or so, in high school, our youth group did this thing called 30-Hour Famine. <laughs> and I had to Google it this morning. It's still around. It's a World oh, Vision thing. Oh, wow. And it's basically a, an initiative where youth groups fast for 30 days. And, like, you know, we stayed up all night together yes. and, like, watched Christian something TV or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jared's over here. He's I know. I was like, what do you do? <laughs> and you, you raise money. It's like a, you get people oh, to sponsor you. That's beautiful. And it's all to yeah. raise money for hunger. So it's helping, oh, like, really cool. affluent or middle-class youth get into touch yes. with with hunger pain yeah. through fasting mm. and at the same time raise money for yes. the hungry chair no, over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just oh, yeah. no, no, I'm just thinking of being stuck oh, with yes. our students <laughs> in a fasted yeah. state for 30 oh, hours a night. Yeah, we were like in a gymnasium for oh, 30 yeah. hours straight oh, my together goodness. all no, that, night. It could be long. something to behold for sure. But mm. then um so that's all I remember from my childhood and then when we started the church this would have been nearly 20 years ago now. Mm. I have this very vivid memory of standing in line at a coffee shop and having this thought come into my mind, we should, I should pray and fast for three days mm-hmm. before we plant the church. And I'd never really done it before mm-hmm. other than that one experience as a kid. And that doesn't count because we were like <laughs> running around on youth group energy. <laughs> and uh, I did it and I remember just hating it, mm-hmm. hate of three yes. horrific yeah. days. So and to go yeah. from zero to three days was, for in sure. hindsight, not oh, a good. For those of you that have not done this before, yeah. start small. Yeah, for not sure. That. For sure. But Crow, the church plant went very friend. well. <laughs> and, uh, and then a few years into the church plant, I would have to go back, and I don't remember how many years in, not that long, I had the idea in prayer to gather churches together from around the city. Mm-hmm. And we did this initiative that we called Seven. And we did it actually for seven years where we take a week, seven days, mm-hmm. and we pray and fast for yeah. a move of God in the city for spiritual renewal. And every night was hosted by a different church in town. And then on the Saturday at the end, we I went 
you know, the first year to the highest point in the city, this place called Council Crest, and we mm-hmm. all, it was in the summer, kind of outside, ended mm-hmm. our fast, um, our week of prayer and fasting together, and we'd pray and fast morning, noon, and night for mm-hmm. seven days straight. Beautiful. Now, it sounds beautiful. I would <laughs> dread it all year long. Seven years. It was yeah. just like all year. I would dread it. No, I would get depressed, mm-hmm. and it was exhausting, yeah. but it was yeah. powerful. I mean, God yeah. was... And sure. still is like I I'm in, I have no way to quantify mm. how much our church is still living mm. in answer to the Isn't prayers of all of yeah. those years. I don't know, yeah. wow. but um, th- again, the church went really well, but I did not enjoy <laughs> it. And it wasn't until later, so I don't know, maybe five years ago, mm. it was actually Tim Mackey, and we are sitting right now in the oh, yes. recording studio of the Bible Project. Oh, so kind. Thank, Thank you to you. Tim and John and the whole team oh. here. And Tim is a friend, and we were in conversation, and he just mentioned that he'd done this in-depth research project around fasting. Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I never knew this, but, you know, like, Christians fasted twice a week for pretty much all of church history until very recently. It was just kind of like, that's what you did if you were a Christian. Twice a week, you would fast until sundown. And... um. This is embarrassing. I had I had never heard that in my life. I've been through seminary. I've been through Bible college. That was brand new information <laughs> yeah, to me. Wow. It's like, yeah. wait, we did? Like what? That was that was. Wait, really? Yeah. Because in my mind, fasting was kind of like a fringe thing. It wasn't a. I mean, it wasn't like heretical or anything. Yeah, it just was off sure. to the side. It wasn't a central practice for discipleship to wow. Jesus. So mm-hmm. that actually, out of that. My wife and I began to experiment with weekly fasting, Mm. just a simple fast until sundown. And, uh, you know, in in the Jewish tradition and early Christian tradition, they would say until you see the first three stars in the sky, uh, which in Portland is really easy in winter and much harder in (laughs) June (laughs) (laughs) because we're pretty far north. But um, my wife and I began to fast once a week and then twice a week. And it has been, as you guys know from your own experience, transformative like I can't even put into words and it does something to me at a bodily level that more intellectual kind of methods of discipleship which I'm all for just simply do not affect me they do not touch that part of my person and my body is a major part of my person and so it has since become this like Mm -hmm. vital part of my life my wife we're actually going to interview her in the next episode and hear her story she has this powerful kind of testimony of prayer and fasting and deliverance so anyway that's kind of my journey into it it's been very like non-linear and I think one of the I think I speak for all three of us when I say we have discovered so much power through this practice i mean it's through the spirit of jesus but um through the channel of this practice and our desire Mm -hmm. for those of you who are listening is more that you would just seriously consider it or even practice it a little bit but we just want to spread what we are living into far and wide absolutely okay to get started this podcast is part of the fasting practice from Practice in the Way. And there are four sessions and our four conversations will mirror them. Um, so, John Mark, would you give us a recap on session one? Yeah, let me try to keep this short. I open with Jesus' line in Matthew 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, when you fast, and mm-hmm. just point out when you fast, when? not if you fast. <laughs> Meaning Jesus just assumes that his disciples will fast on a regular heart. basis, yeah. which is interesting because yeah. most Christians in the yeah. West do not fast yeah, at all. Yeah. And again, that's not a judgment statement at all. That yeah. was me for decades. Mm-hmm. When we did a survey of our church, I think 50% of our church had never fasted a single day in their life. Yeah. And only about 2% fasted on a regular do basis. that graph 
was yes incredible. we put the graph up yeah. and it was like yeah. no judgment no right there was like no but shame all the practices that yeah. graph was the most I yes think, memorable. yeah yes more of I mean, a picture of reality have... than like kind of shame like this is the story of where we are now yes mm-hmm. and imagine if you know a different practice from the way of jesus like yeah. scripture yes. or prayer yes. um if 50 percent of the church had never done yes. it once <laughs> yes. in their whole, like, like, like silence right. a lot of people are like yeah i don't do silence and solitude very yeah. well but like we have a category for that for sure. or i have a quiet morning on yeah. a saturday or what but fasting it was like yeah no yes, never yeah, yeah so um so i basically i opened with just a little bit of the history of fasting mm-hmm. uh moses uh w- this was interesting to me we had i had a research i had help on the research for this practice and i did not know this but the first mention as far as we know in all of human history mm-hmm. of fasting as a spiritual discipline meaning for religious or spiritual purposes is the story of moses in the book mm-hmm. of exodus oh, wow. and then in the old testament all of the major characters fast i mean pick yeah. your character pretty much all of them at key moments in israel's story to the point that by the time of Jesus, it was the common Jewish practice across kind of first century Israel to fast twice a week mm-hmm. on Monday and Thursday, a practice that the early Christians continued. Um, the mm-hmm. earliest writing we have outside of the New Testament is the Didache. It commands mm-hmm. fasting. Interesting, they changed the days to Wednesday and Friday, yeah. one to distinguish themselves as followers of Jesus and not mm-hmm. Pharisees, mm-hmm. but then two, because yeah. Wednesday was the day that Jesus was betrayed yes. oh, and Friday yeah. was the day that he was crucified. So mm-hmm. in the same way that they changed Sabbath from Saturday yeah. to Sunday to mark the resurrection of Jesus yes. from the dead, mm-hmm. they would fast every Wednesday and Friday until, again, three stars in the sky until yeah. sundown in order to get in touch mm-hmm. with the passion of Christ, so with brilliant. Christ's betrayal That's and his brilliant. crucifixion yeah. and then his resurrection. It was like yeah. the whole church calendar yeah. in miniature, you know, wow. every single week. Oh, I love that. And then yeah. Lent, you know, which comes hundreds of years later, but mm-hmm. not that far into church history. I did not know this either. Lent was originally a full-on fast, not for 40 days straight but until sundown so ramadan that practice of you know you eat but not um i think in ramadan you eat breakfast you if you want before the sun comes up all of that is based on the original christian practice of lent which precedes it so and like history nerd nitnoid here the reason that lent is 46 days long and that they're not 40 days long because it's, you know, Jesus 40 days in the wilderness. Yes, the yes. reason it's 46 is because there are six Sundays in Lent and official church law dating back to like, I think the first example we have is 380 AD where we actually have a written law here. You were not allowed. Fasting was so common. They had to regulate it. Wow. And you would, that's bizarre. It's a whole other <laughs> thing. Place. There we were rules like when you now. could not fast yeah. because yeah. people were fasting so much. Wow. And uh, you were not allowed to fast on the Sabbath, mm-hmm. on the Lord's Day, because it was a day for celebration. Yeah. So Lent is 46 heaven. days long because six days of the week you fast yeah. until sundown and then eat very simple meal late at night. But then yeah. Sunday you open a bottle of wine wow. and you throw oh, a feast and Jesus is back from the dead. So even oh, in Lent wow. there was this, you know, that's beautiful, yeah. really oh, that interesting. Wrong, beautiful. Now this practice of both Lent and fasting biweekly yeah. basically continues yeah. For hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, by the time of John Wesley, mm. he's still fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, mm. founder Methodism, huge impact on the United States huge. of America. He mm. refused to ordain anyone to the ministry who did not fast on Wednesday and wow. Friday twice a week. Can you imagine? <laughs> like applying for a job as a pastor. Do you fast every Wednesday and Friday? No, you're no, out. Thank you for applying. <laughs> but no, he, it's John well, Wesley. Like, sure. Just because yeah. he did it does not mean it's <laughs> right or good. My point here is that. Something has happened over the last few hundred years that I think has less to do with theology or even the Catholic-Protestant split 
and more to do with hedonism, consumerism, Mm -hmm. the modern food Mm -hmm. industry, advertising, Mm -hmm. all sorts of things, where fasting in the West has basically disappeared. Not in the East, not in the global church, so still very common in the Eastern Mm -hmm. Orthodox stream of the church and in much of Catholicism all over Southeast Asia in particular, all over Africa, Mm -hmm. as you know, I mean, 50 days, which is interesting. One of the few examples you see in America of regular fasting is in the Mm African-American church, Mm -hmm. where it's very common for the new year to begin with the senior pastor calling a community to prayer and fasting for, I don't know, for 50 days, (laughs) for 21 days or time, I don't know, (laughs) however long. And so basically, I just make this point that, you know, fasting is one of the most essential and powerful of all the practices of Jesus, and arguably the single most neglected in the Western church today. Mm -hmm. And then I hit on a few basic details. The one that I'll repeat here is just that fasting, just to define terms, is not the same thing as abstinence. So you hear people talk about, you know, oh, for Lent, I'm fasting from Instagram, or I'm fasting Mm -hmm. from shopping, or I'm fasting from Amazon. Um, That's a good thing. This is not a criticism of that. But I think a better word for that is abstinence. Mm-hmm. Fasting is not eating food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are examples of not drink, drinking water drinking either. Yeah. Water, yeah. But most of the time it's just still drinking water but not eating food. Yeah. And it is that's important because it is a bodily discipline. Mm-hmm. We'll talk yeah. more about that later. Yeah. And so that's a very key thing. Yeah. And so uh, we don't talk about fasting from Instagram. Uh, the Daniel fast is another, I think, a little bit of a fallacy. Again, a great idea based on the book of Daniel where they yeah. eat vegetables, mm-hmm. a yeah. vegan diet, basically. Yeah. But the word fast is never used in Daniel. Mm-hmm. So that's later people apply the yeah. the label fasting to a story mm-hmm. that doesn't use that word at all. Yeah, I don't think so, I agree. So, you know, um, fa- and again, that's not to criticize him the idea yeah. of a cleanse diet or abstinence. These are powerful yeah. things. They're just not actually fasting. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. talk about some of those parameters. Yeah. And then I end by just talking about how there are four, this is my categorization, feel free to poke holes in it, but four <laughs> basic reasons that we fast, like yeah. the why behind it. Yeah. And we cover that in four episodes that we'll kind of mirror mm-hmm. in our four episodes for this podcast. One is to offer ourselves to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Two is mm-hmm. to grow in holiness. Three is to amplify our prayers. And four is to stand with the poor. So I basically, in episode one, just cover that first one, to offer ourselves to Jesus. And ultimately, I just make the point that we don't fast to get something from Jesus, but to give something to Mm -hmm. Jesus, our our very self, our whole self. And I think of Romans 12, you know, in view of God's mercy, all that God's done for us, Mm -hmm. offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, like. Yes. And again, I grew up in the evangelical tradition, not offer your heart, yes, not yes. offer your mind. Mm-hmm. Sure, those two, but offer yeah. the word there is soma in yeah. Greek. We get the word so- somatic, mm-hmm. your body, yeah. your soma, oh. your whole yeah. person as a living sacrifice, yes. holy and acceptable to God. Yes. Fasting is one way to do that, mm-hmm. to literally just say, Jesus, I am yeah. offering you my body yeah. as yeah. the temple of the spirit, as as a paradigm for my whole yeah. self because I hunger for you. Mm. I mean, one, I quote yeah. one preacher who defines fasting as whole body hungering yes. for God. Yes. Like just to get in touch with your yeah. hunger or if you don't feel it, to awaken yeah. the latent Absolutely. hunger in Absolutely. all of us for God, yeah. no matter how apathetic we yeah. feel at times. Yeah. That's the primary reason mm. that we fast. And that's session one. The Fasting Practice is a four-week experience designed to be run in your church, small group, or community that combines teaching, conversation, and spiritual exercises to introduce you to this ancient discipline for life with God. If you come on the Fasting Practice, you will not just learn about fasting, 
you will learn how to fast. The end goal is to integrate fasting more richly into your rule of life so that you can arrange your life around God. The fasting practice is completely free thanks to the generosity of our friends in the circle. Available now at practicingtheway.org. Hey, everybody. Let's just pause for a moment. Before we started this podcast series, we put the word out online to ask if you have any questions about the spiritual discipline of fasting. One-third of the questions that came in were about disordered eating and an unhealthy relationship with food or the body and its connection to trauma and family of origin and deep emotional work. We just want you to know that we are with you in those questions. Rather than us attempt an answer, we've invited on for a bonus episode Dr. Allison Cook, who's a clinical psychologist who has a wide array of expertise and experience in this specific question. She's going to join us to talk about the body, disordered eating, and the practice of fasting down through church history. Don't miss it. Just keep those questions in the back of your mind and come back in a few weeks for our bonus episode with Dr. Allison Cook. Now back to our episode. Now, Yinka and Jay, um, what, what thoughts come up to you as you kind of hear that first one and the reason to offer your bodies, your whole self to Jesus? What thoughts or questions or ideas come to mind for you too? Absolutely. I think the theology of the body is really significant to converse about, at least explore. Mm-hmm. And when we're discussing what is it about our bodies and its connection to our like spirit and discipleship. And I think the scriptures provide such a rich and compelling framework for our bodies. The body is not as merely a frame that hosts our spirit, our desires, our mind, but rather like deeply connected and an integrated yeah, part. It's not just a shell to carry you around. Like absolutely. it's part of yes, who you are. Yes. A place where we connect to God and can even even like in our discipleship is transformed. Um, and honestly, one predominant dichotomy is that our desires is really who we are. Then our bodies, as you said, like just holds our true self or something as a kind of shell. Um, but the, honestly, the scriptural perspective is actually holistic. Yes. It's not just then our bodies are separate somehow from our minds. And I think 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 exemplifies this, where it says, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. bodies. You know? Your body is your a temple. Bodies. Your oh soma is a temple. Absolutely. Not your heart, not your mind. Oh my goodness. A not even your spirit, your on body. Absolutely, where God dwells. Like it is, I mean, it's so mysterious. You know, sort of things you think of, I don't know, like nebulas and your mind starts to like bend because it's almost like beyond no, where you can think about nebulas. I don't think about nebulas enough, all the time. <laughs> all the time. But this is one where you're like, the spirit of the living God dwells in my body also. How profound is this, you know? Yeah, I feel like, Yinka, for me, one of the reasons that fasting, I think, has disappeared from the West is because Westerners don't think about the human person holistically, Mm -hmm. like you just said. So we so overemphasize the mind, or maybe a better way to say that is we just underemphasize the body and the holistic view of the person. So I think as applied to Christian discipleship, it's pretty easy for us to intuit approaching our spiritual formation through the portal of our mind. Absolutely. Hearing a podcast or reading a book or hearing a sermon at church. Absolutely. But the moment we shift gears to approaching our spiritual formation through our stomach, I mean, that's the bizarre thing. Fasting, not that your mind is not involved. Your mind is involved in all that you do, but it's, it's a form of praying with your body. Oh Scott McKnight calls it body talk. Yeah. So it's like talking without words, yeah, you know, absolutely. almost like speaking in prayer languages. Yes. Or Lasalea, you know, yes. it's like groaning with your body yes. for yeah. God. Yeah. And that 
that is so non-Western. Honestly. The thought of like, I'm approaching my spiritual formation through my stomach. I know. And it's not, so, Not yeah. through a cognitive process at all. Yeah. And isn't it strange? Because in a culture, at least in Western culture, that has a really high value for your form, what you look like, and a lot of values associated with it. But yet there's this kind of like degradation of what your body means to your spirit. Like, mm. It's just kind of a strange sort yeah, of there's like... There's this like worship of the yes. body and... Dehumanizing degradation Absolutely. of well, like, the body. It doesn't matter. It's just my body. But you're like the scriptural perspective is actually holistic. It's like your body, a place where God dwells, is a place that you can connect and be like integrated in your discipleship. Oh, so that's why I just think yeah. the Christian vision is like this third way yeah. between the yeah. worship of the body mm-hmm. in Hollywood and Vogue and all of that, and the mm-hmm. degradation of the body yeah. that you see in all sorts of yes. things. Um, there's this third like body yeah. is a temple. Oh. Temple. Mm. I love that. Jay, what about for you? What does all of this bring up in your mind? Yeah. Real quick on the theology of body. Yes, take a please risk do. Here. I know you guys have read Body Keeps the Score by Bessel yes. Bessel. Oh, absolutely. No, tremendous, moving tremendous help. Very, not a Christian book, <laughs> in, but yeah, very, very oh, helpful gosh, book. Not a Christian but, book. Very helpful book. Yeah. Um, but in the book, this was one of the most compelling theology of the body examples mm. that I've ever come across. Yeah. He talks about a brilliant psychoanalyst who has a bunch of degrees and has like like literally in his office a ton of degrees and PhDs. And this guy said out of all of the plaques and platitudes and ascents, mental ascents that he has, nothing makes him feel more comfortable and and in himself than his wife's bum at his bedside at night. That to me, and maybe this sounds Mm -hmm. weird. But to me, that is like just a good explanation that mental ascent is literally mm. not enough yeah. wow. for what makes us feel safe, what makes us feel whole, what makes us wow. feel integrated. It's that bodiness. Oh my yeah, God. I mean, yeah. that could sound, and he didn't mean that in a crass way. I no. read yeah. that book. Like, yeah. I remember thinking that my wife, you know, who you both know so well, is so Love calm. Her. She is such yeah. a non-anxious presence. And I am not calm or a non-anxious <laughs> presence. And I, you know, I've had a, a lifelong struggle with anxiety that goes back to a traumatic experience when I was a little baby. And so my nervous system is just pretty jacked. And I will often at night, if I'm anxious and struggling to fall asleep, just kind of move my hand over. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she's a sound sleeper and just kind of put my hand on her shoulder or whatever. And just Mm -hmm. my whole body will calm. Oh, how beautiful. Like I'll just, and it's not a mental, I'm not doing, I'm not like doing a, I'm going to quote the scripture, which is a great thing, or think this thought or not. It's Mm -hmm. just touching my wife's Mm -hmm. shoulder or back or and it's like I will feel my nervous system calm. That's theology wow. of the body. Oh, that's profound. Thanks for making it sound way more beautiful. Yeah, I know so, both. Well, out of context, it was like touching my wife's palm. Like, no, wow. My eyes widened. I'm like, tell us Read more. The book. Um, Read the book. Okay. Well, on the practice of fasting, I have to say one of my favorite journal entries by Henry Nouwen continually enlightens me every time I read it, specifically on fasting. So this quote comes from the Genesee Diary. It's one Mm. of my favorite Henry Nouwen books ever. It's a moment when Nouwen recounts his conversation about fasting with the sage John Udys. I think that's how you say his name. I have no idea. I read that book, though, and it's amazing. Well, I'm going to quote it now. This is John Udys and Henry Nouwen. So Henry's saying this. Then we talked about the phenomenon in that in the monastic setting, you become so aware of very primitive needs. I, th- I told John Udys that although I did not fast in any special way, I thought much more about food than ever before. And then he said, <laughs> we all want desire and need satisfaction. But in a context like the traditional ways to get satisfaction, talking, attention, distractions, etc., these are not available. Mm-hmm. So you start responding more primitively 
you start thinking about food and sex, you become much more aware of very basic cravings. In a sense, you fall apart. You regress. But it is also there that you become available for spiritual direction and can find a place for prayer and ascetical life. That's the end of the quote. So this quote really speaks to me. That is interesting. Honestly, the regression part. I, like I, I know it's there. wonderful. And yeah. John Udy's really, if you if you get into that book, this guy is a, such a tremendous gift. To the yeah, church. and that book is about Nowen's experience of I think it was six months, right, of joining mm-hmm. a monastery for six wow. months and living like a monk and hoping it would solve all of his problems. problems. And it just brought more problems Gosh, up isn't in his it? heart. Like it quiets the noise enough, like the noise of life and kind of planning food or whatever it is, so that the things that lay kind of underneath, underneath rise. They come up. Oh. Rise. Mm-hmm. And the way he said it was beautiful. And it really helped me to put into words why I think fasting often, at least in the beginning, makes me feel like I'm regressing a little bit. Mm. Like my irritability tends to rise when I don't have food. No I idea sense what my you're talking about. <laughs> It's like why tell us like more. Literally, the theological more. term for that is hangry. <laughs> literally. I mean my wife sayings. regularly assumes that it's because I haven't eaten when I unintentionally oh. fast, when my attitude is poor or when I'm angry or, or irritable. Mm. And she's generally right. Yeah. So I sense these things come up in me. I, I literally can feel my desire to binge. Mm. Things that I'm not like normally aware of just starts to come up like clockwork, especially when I step into fasting. And I remember Scott McKnight saying, and I think the key insight here is that's part of the point. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. I think we'll get into that in later episodes, but it, it, it comes up. It's supposed to come up. Yeah, absolutely. Because all that stuff's in you. Mm -hmm. Mm. And especially when you're unaware of it though, you almost feel like, is this actually a spiritual formation? Yeah, absolutely. Because it just doesn't feel like good or like you feel connected to God because all the kind of raw and sin and flesh, all these things. Right. It's like the only way I can equate it, it's like going and having a wonderful encounter with Jesus, personal encounter, and then going to work and then feeling angry or just, you know what I mean? And then (laughs) you have this wonderful encounter and then in fasting, you're just like opening yourself up to the Lord. And then you recognize this is where real formation takes place, often yeah. in my unchristlikeness, mm-hmm. And all right. this stuff just comes up in fasting, yeah. Yeah. almost like clockwork for me. Yeah. But um, that's what I was really going to say is this spiritual act sometimes me- makes me feel less spiritual mm-hmm. and holy, not more, oh. which is a weird thing. So, John Mark, would it be realistic to say that fasting as a spiritual discipline tends to literally humble you? kind of by revealing the struggle of our humanity before it does other things in us. Yeah, I mean, I think especially at first. So one thing I would love to hit on later is I I do think that there is a transition. Mm -hmm. Like my early experiences of fasting were pretty much all unpleasant. But now, unless if it's a long fast, it's pretty much all pleasant. I mean, there is a pain Mm -hmm. in my body, but... um, that uh, it's been replaced by a joyfulness, but there is yes, there it is a a discipline of self denial, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it does make me think about what Rich Viotis said in our interview with him about fasting. Listen to this. I've told people that I and I say this tongue in cheek, I, I don't have a spiritual gift for for fasting, but I don't think anyone has a spiritual gift for fasting. Uh, but I have had some significant seasons of fasting, very sugar uh, for being one. And, you know, the, the quip that I usually offer, like my wife, is I say, you know, um, I hear that sugar is the enemy. 
but Jesus says you should love your enemies. And so I'm just trying to be faithful to Jesus here, you know. Uh, and so I like to look at fasting through the lens of how have I tried to soothe my pain in ways that have left God out of the picture and left others out of the picture. And uh, in fasting, I'm now stripping all of the ways that I have been dependent on something other than God. Uh, and whether it is food, whether it's social media, whether it's um, uh, work, whatever it is. Uh, and then how can I now throw myself once again at utter dependence upon God? Uh, and so for me, I think our lives are often oriented by self-soothing. I think this is the nature of addiction. Uh, and I think the nature of also life and why fasting is so important uh, because it reminds me once again, I've tried to address my problems in very worldly ways and I've left God out of the picture. Uh, and so I've, I've found fasting in communities a gift like anything else. Uh, there's a strength that's found there. Uh, I find that some of the best times of centering prayer is in community, not, not when I'm alone. Same thing with fasting. Um, but I think the last thing I'd say is when I think about fasting, uh, you know, I'm, I'm often surprised by myself and by others who say, who complain about how hard the spiritual life is. Now, I often wonder to myself, like, and I'm preaching to myself here, like Jesus said, we have to take up our cross and fight. Like, and he was talking about a gold chain. I mean, he's talking about, we're talking about a life of self-denial here. So why are we so surprised when we're trying to do this here? It should hurt. It should be a crucifixion. Uh, and yet there's life on the other side of it. So the ways that I self-soothe have really informed the ways that I think about fasting and what the Holy Spirit might be inviting me to in a given season. Hmm. Some really good insights there. Very yeah. good. You know, self-soothing. Oh my goodness. And fasting's a way to turn to a deeper, a deeper form of soothing. Well, we are ready to shift gears into our interview with our Ooh. very first guest. We'll be right back. Practicing the Way is a crowdfunded nonprofit made possible by the circle a group of people from all over the world who believe deeply in the work of spiritual formation and discipleship and give monthly to see formation integrated into the church at large. I'm Tim from Singapore, and I'm a part of this community. To join myself and others in the circle or to share a one-time gift, visit practicingtheway.org forward slash give. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, should we do a drum roll? I don't know. We're at a of table. Course. Yeah. How could we not? Yeah. Yeah. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Across from the to amen, everything. There was so much. Oh my gosh, that was brilliant. I've been sitting with her. I was like, I'm sitting over here. Like, this is torture. Oh my gosh. Zimbabwe and Pentecostal that just had to just listen <laughs> quietly for to all this goodness. Oh, and so that's what it feels like to be Baptist. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that was. You just threw down. 
We have with us in the room the one and only Reward Sabanda, the lion himself. (laughs) You are the associate pastor at the Upper Room in Dallas, Texas, and also senior advisor for church and community relations at World Vision. More importantly, you are a first-time father as of weeks ago. The cutest, right? Two and a half weeks into the process. Two and a half weeks. So fresh. Wow. And you and you are here. I am here. Do I need to call your wife and and apologize? Welcome. No, she is surrounded. The whole her our whole community and village descended on her. There's like eight people right now. Beautiful. Beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. I will never forget those first few weeks, man. I just felt like I was going to break Jude. (laughs) (laughs) Going to break him. That's exactly. Remember driving home from the hospital, just thinking this should not be legal. I'm a 25 year old male. I don't know how to do any of this. That's right. I was like, Are you guys sure you want us to take? Are you sure? This we can is come legal? back with his fire. No. So no. <laughs> They're like, no, you were worthy. Like, well, Reward, That's we wanted incredible. to have you on. One, just you're so fun to talk to, and I love your heart um, and love for God, and your mind is so exquisite. But two, because rumor has it that you did a 21-day fast. <laughs> all right, so we want to ask go. you all about that in a few Absolutely. minutes. But let's just kind of get there eventually. Let's start yeah. with how did you come to this? And, you know, I know that fasting is a part of your life. Yeah. Why? Why have you chosen mm-hmm. to incorporate this practice into your discipleship? No, thank you so much, Ajam, and thank you so much for, for having me. I think, I think for me... There are two fundamental incentives, I think. Um, I think the first is um, a case, right, a theological case, mm-hmm. and I'm going to jump into that. But then the second is is simply um, cultural, right? I come, I hail from a context in a culture where fasting is an everyday way of life. And you see this in mm-hmm. a lot of kind of Western contexts or Eastern or just like mm-hmm. a, in a lot of majority world contexts, you kind of see that. So... There's cultural, but the first thing I want to speak uh, on is just the simple fact that uh, fasting is inextricably intertwined with a theology of power. Right? Wow. Uh, I love that in okay. Matthew 17. I think it's 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 one it's one of my favorite narratives mm-hmm. because there's this disciples, right? Come on, they've just got their superpowers mm-hmm. and they go out there and they do all these things until mm-hmm. they run into their first publicized failure, mm-hmm. right? And um, there's a, a demonized boy and they can't cast the demon out, and so yeah. they come and ask Jesus, and they're like, "Why could we not do it?" Yeah. And he says, "Hey, it's simply because of your unbelief, right?" Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say something which. Um, in a sense, kind of o- offends my Western sensitivities a little yes. bit because then he makes a case for how he is a God of the impossible. He says there is a possibility to where nothing is impossible, mm-hmm. right, to you. All things and, are possible to absolutely. him believes. And he says yeah. you can speak to this mountain and tell it to move yes. and nothing will be impossible to yes. you. And then he adds his disclaimer. He says, however, right, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting. We're going to jump into that more and everything. So for me, I think the most compelling case for why I fast is the simple fact that I hail from a cultural context where the spiritual is every day, right? It's like there are two distinct sides of the force, right? And the dark side of the force makes no, it makes no excuse. 
for the supernatural and the mm. impossible, right? There's oh, spiritists and mediums, yeah. and you guys know you kind of with yeah. an African oh, back, background, yes. you know what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. if we choose to to disassociate ourselves from a theology of power, yeah. then we are doing ourselves a great disservice. Yes. So that's the first thing, and the second wow. thing, yeah, is, which is so not how Westerners think. I oh, remember no. sitting in seminary years ago, mm-hmm. and him saying Westerners think about the atonement through judicial, you yeah. know, kind of yes. post reformation. Yes. They yes. said most people around the world they think about it through the terms of power Absolutely. Christ has power over the demonic yes. beings that have come yes. to enslave you oppress yes. you inflict you Absolutely. disease you yes. and so the atonement is as much about implementing the power Absolutely. of Christ's resurrection Absolutely. I was like whoa Absolutely. that is like not in my <laughs> paradigm yeah because in our context there was no denying that there were right. spiritual forces yes. and to know that the God you serve was greater than them yeah, was exactly. ammunition you're like alright yeah. alright yeah. I'm not just vulnerable <laughs> you know like yeah. God is great and whatever darkness exists out there because you knew darkness existed absolutely and and the people that that are on the dark side of the force right that have subscribed to a dark yeah philosophy essentially make no excuses for how they're intentionally drawing on dark and demonic energy and so that kind of amalgamated with my cultural expression i was like Mm. it's gotta be there's gotta be Mm. power then the second thing is this beautiful invitation to the simple fact that we serve a god who actually invites us mm. to ask him to petition him yeah. for the supernatural on behalf mm. of other people, right? Yeah. We live in a world where we're always a phone call or an encounter away from crisis. Things, mm. the doctor, you get a call, right? And all of a sudden yeah. the doctor says this yeah. or mm. it's health or it's one of these. And yeah. if we are a religion of powerlessness, mm. right? And if we're a religion to where we do not have a greater God who loves us, that we can petition mm-hmm. on behalf, we covered this in the prayer in, in, in the prayer uh, podcast, yeah. then we essentially, what are we, right? Yeah. Paul says, of all the, yeah. the people <laughs> out there, we're the most pitiable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was that. It's like the, 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 the African context, the Ndebele context specifically, is aware that there is a supernatural, that there are powers to be. And uh, they admit or subscribe to the simple fact that when you fast, you avail yourself, Mm -hmm. and we're going to go into how that all works, to Mm -hmm. spiritual powers, uh, whether dark or light or whatever Mm -hmm. that kind of looks like. So for me, it was that. When I read the Gospels, that's all I see. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, which is an excellent segue to how does fasting work? Can you explain (laughs) this to us? No, absolutely. So I think think, um, in order... So first of all, I think the reason we don't see a lot or hear a lot about fasting... Well, first of all, our eyes are conditioned to not look like what you were saying, right? When we look at it anthropologically in the West, right? We glaze over the supernatural. We glaze over anything which does not inform our... uh, capitalistic framework right. you know that whole yeah. kind of like uh imminent frame yeah, yes yeah, whatever i can see in touch materialism yes, these are the exactly. things that are real. So we, no we, longer enchanted yes, yeah we glaze over that yeah. yeah so but if you if you want and i i feel like there's not a lot about fasting in the bible because it was such a, a common practice mm. in a lot of older kind of cultures and contexts mm. and so in order for us to truly and fully understand how fasting works we have to borrow insight from mm. our eastern brothers and our western yeah. brothers and a lot of yeah. that so in order for us to fully understand um the the, the theologian uh, t.a sparks i think he was in the 1800s but also on top of that like if you read like a lot of watchmen people were, who were um, mm-hmm. kind of like they're very influential in the chinese underground church that mm-hmm. formation and everything yeah. they 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 speak to and this is the framework i want to talk about but they speak to uh what we call uh 
the tripartite nature of man, mm. right? Which is spirit, soul, and body. Yes. We kind of know the soma, pneuma, and and psyche, mm. right? And that's uh, what they call tripartite anthropology. But and, I think I think the the, the the incredibly interesting thing about in order for us to understand fasting, mm. that tripartite anthropology states that. We are soma, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Body. We are psyche, yeah. yes, yes, and we are numa. Not we Body. have. No, we, we are. are. We oh are the goodness. essence of all of that. And when you mm-hmm. we're self-contained, and, you and any attempt to oh, break the human so... person into different categories yeah. is an exercise in futility. Absolutely, it's still helpful at yes, times. Exactly for for descriptive purposes. Yes. I think yeah. is why. But we don't do experience ourselves as no, a tripartite. No, we experience no. ourselves as exactly yes. all of it, like yes. in that in yeah, oh. indivisible in in a sense, but. But what what it does help is to kind of bring delineation to the faculties so that we can understand. So for the simple case, and Watch Mini has a great um, teaching on this for that. So fasting, we have to understand whether uh, psychosomatic, right, or... or psychosomatic or even pneumosomatic, we have to understand which faculty corresponds directly with which spiritual practice. Oh, this is interesting. So, yeah. So, for yeah. example, when you look at every prayer, yeah. right, has to do with the spirit, right? Mm. Every time prayer is mentioned in the Bible, the direct correlation is spirit. Right. Prayer is a spiritual exercise because prayer is a language and prayer is communion. And our spirit comes from God and communes and communicates with God. So when you pray, that's essentially what it is. Now, fasting, on the other hand, is a soulish exercise. Right. Mm. It is it is the soul. It speaks to the soul. What is the soul? Um, it's just center of self-consciousness, your mind, your will, your emotions. And or if we're breaking it down that way specifically. So fasting primarily has to do with that aspect of the body, mm-hmm. uh, which is of the soma, rather, not the body, which is which is the soul. And so uh, when we look at, uh, for example, uh, David, right, um, when he talks about in the book of Psalms, Psalms 35 verse 13, he says, hey, when all these things, he talks about how all these things were happening to him and how there's people and it's a deeply traumatic experience. But when he goes to fasting, he says, when I humbled my soul mm-hmm. with fasting, right? And uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, mm-hmm. verse 14, Paul says, when my spirit prays, remember, it's the spirit that prays, but then the, the soul has to do with fasting. Psalms 103, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, oh, yeah. and forget not all his mm-hmm. benefits. Why? Because the, yeah. the soul is the one that goes into a lot of rationale. And it can like rationally kind of like talk about this is the benefits. I can make calculations and all these things. So when we understand this, uh, Basil, the great quote that uh, you guys essentially are going to touch on there, says, hey, fasting is a safeguard for the the soul. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people in those contexts understood that when you fast, right, you are dealing primarily with the soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and all of those things. That's why we'll jump into it, why it works together with prayer and fasting, why they work in tandem, because one, essentially, we'll get to that. So with that, with that, it's, I feel like it's a lot to do with what has preeminence right yeah. is it this mix of this pneumosomatic which is spirit and and, and body or this yeah. psychosomatic um uh, dichotomy it's what's happening so when we fast we essentially mm-hmm. are doing something which humbles the soul mm-hmm. now just to kind of go for um in africa for example when you go like a lot of spiritists right yeah. They kind of understand this because if you're going to like a medium or whatever, they tell you, hey, don't eat for about five or six days before. 
Because why? They want you to come in with your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, all those things essentially humbled, right? Wow. Even and if you're, you're just coming to like a... For a consultation. With a medium. This with is not medium. like a Christian or no, a pastor. No, I'm talking no, about yeah, wow. the, cultural, the <laughs> yeah. dark side of the force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> is, this is Palpatine <laughs> stuff. Yes, no, you know no, what I'm saying? But yeah. Because if you think about it, when you come to them, right, and your mind is fully active in your emotions and everything, no, their connection, the connection that they want to make with you is a spiritual connection. So that's why they tell you to fast. Like, I'll give you a great example. This is known in Debele culture, yeah. but I feel like it's also a parallel in the Bible. You know how those people who wanted to, in the Jewish context, they wanted to kill Paul. And so they bound themselves with a vow and said, mm -hmm. I will not neither eat nor drink, which is essentially yes. what fasting is. But within the Debele context, if I have a grudge with someone and I'm talking about, I want to destroy you and everything that you stand stand for. I take a vow. Let's just say friends. You're like six, <laughs> six, four <laughs> and have a, a deep <laughs> voice. I don't want to pick a fight with you, bro. I know, I know who would, who would win and who would lose. Not, not the pacifist over here. Oh no, that's, but, but it, that is hilarious. But my point to that is, so you take a vow to where you don't eat or you don't drink because that essentially suppresses your empathy, your emotion, like your ability. Because we know when we wow. eat, right, there's just feelings of altruism yes. and we're happy and we're like, you yes. know what, I forgive you. Yes. Yes. But then when you tie yourself with that vow, it means like I want to yeah. kill everything. So empathic. a meal can be an offer of friendship and reconciliation. Absolutely. And you're saying fasting when perverted in this way can mm. be like the bearer of a grudge. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm even talking about at a deeper level with that whole like what it does to your soul, your mind, your real emotions. Because... Uh, what fasting does, right? The primary uh, use of fasting or how it works within that kind of a, a body dynamic is it humbles your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And we're going to go into this like when we go into both the science and even what happened in my 20 day fast and everything. Yeah. So what happens is all of a sudden there's a flare up and then your emotions are all over the place mm -hmm. and everything. But the longer you go in fasting, all that begins to calm down and your yes. spiritual yeah. sensitivity rises. Yeah. So sensitivity. in that whole dichotomy, that's what I'm essentially saying that what fasting does is it deals directly with the soul and it humbles your soul, which then optimizes your spirit. So it's still within the same psalm. Which can be used for evil or for absolutely. good. To point you toward God yes. or to yes. bear grudge and yes. do violence absolutely. or call on dark powers. Because that's what, the, that's, what, that's, how, that's what our soul is or our mind essentially, right? It's this guard dog which says, okay, I will let this in or I will not let this mm -hmm. in. So when that is down then the spirit is is way more open. So I wow. think wow, that's essentially how, yeah, fasting works in a lot of ways. Wow. It's like prayers for spirit, fasting is for the soul. And every time wow. you fast, especially long fasting, mm -hmm. elongated fasting, you'll find that your mind, your will, your emotions, all of that essentially calms down and, and you're more spiritually sensitive to whatever force that is. Hi, my name is John Reagan. I am from Albuquerque, New Mexico. I serve as a leader and a pastor in training at Zion City Church in Las Lunas, New Mexico. Fasting has been something uh, that I have had to take time to grow into. Um, I used to be very underweight and had an unhealthy relationship with food. And so first I started working on my relationship with food and bringing my body to a healthy place and uh, gaining the weight that I needed to gain and um, focusing on that. And I felt like I was always missing out 
on fasting when people fasted around me. And so I would fast from things because I was not able to be at a healthy place of fasting from food. And so now that I'm at, at a healthier place with and have a healthy relationship with eating, um, I have begun fasting and it has been incredible to see um, my awareness of God's presence grow. I like to fast before Sabbath in preparation for Sabbath. And so all day I am saying, God, I'm hungry for you. I desire more of you. I desire more of your work and more of your kingdom in my life, even more than the food that helps me um, remain healthy. I desire you because you are my overall health and my life. And then on the Sabbath, I indulge in the, the Shabbat meal and indulge in the presence of God. And I am reminded that he is with me and he does love me. Um, I have seen uh, a huge response in that it has affected my leadership uh, in the church when I fast during the week and then I come back to leading uh, on Sunday. I noticed that there are things that God is bringing to mind for people from my week of fasting, uh, my time of fasting. There are things that uh, God has spoken to me that, you know, a word for someone else, or I'm just more sensitive to the move of the spirit. And I'm like, and I'm like noticing where he is, how he's moving more than I was when I wasn't fasting. I remember Arthur Wallace saying that fasting is a bodily practice with a tendency to humble the soul. Ooh, yeah. Literally the same that that book God chose. I mean, yeah, man, best book every, I know on fasting we'll bodily practice with, with a tendency to humble yeah. the soul. And you tap into something yes. right with your body yes. Yes. that is a part. I mean, all of it's a part of you, Absolutely. but you literally become yes. more aware. Well, there's, that, there's that Hebrew phrase in the old Testament. They afflicted their soul with fasting. That's it. Wow. That's it. And every major religion, Religion, like whether it's yeah. Buddhism or For whatever, sure. they yes. know also, that spiritual yes. traditions. It, yeah. the fasting has yeah. to do with the soul specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is so interesting because if we were to tempt, if we were tempted to believe that our bodies are separate, that the mm -hmm. fact that like like abstinence from food would cause our souls or like whatever latent kind of situations yeah. with it's like to rise is also like and a reminder that like in case you were convinced mm -hmm. or you were not, here you are. There's a yeah. case study at least at the very least. Observe and ask questions of you know. Absolutely, and there is that yeah. initial flare up right because yeah. your, your mind is the first thing that happens when, when you do something that engages your body mm. the first thing your mind goes is like okay what's happening yeah what are, what we, are doing? we doing all <laughs> these processes kind of kick yeah. in for the preservation of your body the regressing feeling i like what dietitians call that like the first couple of days and we'll go into that of fasting yeah. they call that an active uh, crisis like they call that basically like an active creative crisis like you oh, go wow. your body goes into yes, crisis yes, that makes so much sense <laughs> yeah but it's not a bad like it also heightens yeah. your alertness like um, you know all the research on it you know all sorts of intellectuals have long used fasting just to hone their mind oh, wow. and apparently there's a whole like you know evolutionary biology thing where it also hones your body like if you were hunting mm -hmm. um, oh, and like yes. very early primal cultures right. you want a body that's like in a mind that is quick that's and alert right. and exactly actually right. so even though people think you get tired and weak actually you get tired after you eat yes oh, yeah. that's um, but when you're hungry your body goes through a long period where it is like sharp and alert oh, your mind is gosh. honed and you can like go after that. <laughs> it is so fascinating. <laughs> and we'll kind of get it. Yeah, it, 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 it 
could you imagine? Hypothetically, for I mean, me, living in you know, just wow, like, much just to be grateful. Right down to Whole Foods. <laughs> 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 like, wow, do you imagine having to like drive hunt past. for our food? You know, like hunters and gatherers, like wow, chips and hummus. I'll use my horn. So reward, you were on season two, right? Like we were saying earlier of this podcast that focused specifically on prayer and you had such great insights, which now I'm going to ask you because you were on the podcast on prayer and now you're on fasting. Can you tell us just a little bit more about the correlation between the two together? Yeah. Fasting and and prayer. No, yeah, absolutely. So, um, with, with what I had essentially said before, right, which is fasting has to do with the, with the soul and, uh, and, and, and all of that, like going back to that Matthew 17 narrative, right? Remember they come to Jesus and they say, why could we not do this? And he says, Hey, you couldn't do this because of your unbelief. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to talk about how, when unbelief is not essentially the issue, then there's certain things actually, can I, uh, let me see if I can read it quick. So here's what Jesus says to him. He says, because of your unbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Let's put a pin on that word. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, mm-hmm. uh, not the size of, but as, which speaks to the nature of it, you will mm-hmm. say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I know some of it is figurative, right? But coming from a man who does miracles day and night, we choose to think that the nothing will be impossible is literal, right? He says, however, this kind does not go out except through prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. So many times when we look at it from this charismatic lens, which I come from, right? The kind was immediately demon. He was yeah. talking about demon. But when we look at this, he shifted his focus. He said the issue was their unbelief. Right. Mm-hmm. And what is unbelief? Unbelief is not doubt. Unbelief is not the opposite of, of belief. Mm-hmm. Unbelief is an assurance, right? A conviction that the opposite is going to happen. Wow. So it's a specific type of resilient faith oh, wow. in the outcome being the opposite of what that is. Wow. So when you look at it and that in itself is undergirded by the soul. So the disciples probably saw this kid, they heard wow. the stories and it engaged their mind and right there they probably convince themselves that there's no way we can do this right and 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 that particular encounter is reinforcing their fears and mm-hmm. and all these things and so they're doing this so they had this unbelief and jesus says hey if you need to do the impossible right the thing the 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 the, the entry point the paint the pay to play is essentially prayer and fasting mm-hmm. well why is that because uh remember if you fast right your soul which is all your rationale on why mm-hmm. specific things can happen mm-hmm. and everything is brought mm-hmm. into subservience mm-hmm. and your spirit is now which comes from the impossible which yeah. understands the impossible is now i would even say in a place of elevation to where it's just like, um, and you guys can read on this. It's fascinating when when you look at uh, how Eastern people essentially believe this. So, what is unbelief? It's when then your 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 soul, right, or your mind is in a place to where now it's going. Okay, I am not going to talk myself out of this. I'm not going to. And then your spirit can dare to ask and boldly through faith, ask through faith, and it connects with the faith. And from that place of faith and where belief is possible, then when we ask in faith, you guys remember this, this is why we get what we get. Mm -hmm. So that's why throughout biblical narratives, right? Even like uh, it's it's in that place of sanctification. Tori's like, hey, Paul and Barnabas, to the work that I have for them, right? Sanctify for me. uh, uh, 
Yes, Sorry. when they were praying and fasting. Yeah, yeah. when they were praying they and fasting. Wow. Daniel, why did yeah. he pray and fast? Because everything about him was telling him, okay, this, and there's mm-hmm. all the soulish pressure and all yeah. the things that he's seeing. Yeah. But when he goes to fast to get a response, then he's able to hear clearly mm-hmm. a word from the Lord. So yeah. a lot of fasting, primarily in a lot of cultural contexts, is used to quiet everything down, oh, right? And there's geekiness yeah. kind of, which we'll get to oh, in a sense. I right? But in that place where there's quietness yeah. and you believe the impossible, yeah. then you ask boldly and in faith. And yeah. I believe in that space, the impossible just becomes your natural habitat yeah. and you yeah. can essentially kind of talk about that. Mm. Oh, so, you grow in faith, you're saying, absolutely. For, and the capacity absolutely. to believe. Yes. For, and and yeah. I would even take that and raise you, Jem, and say, I don't even know if you necessarily grow in faith, but I feel like what happens is you diminish your capacity, right, to deny, because mm. faith wow. is our, it's, it's our homeostasis yeah. as people of faith. Yeah. But when you fast, like everything else that mm. we see, our eyes, yeah. right, because I like what someone said. They said um, what Andrew Murray says, and actually let me read it so I don't butcher it. It's one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> but he says, uh, if you guys don't know, like Andrew Murray, he is a Jedi. Yeah, but but he basically says, um, <laughs> lots of Star Wars references. In this, in I this know, bring a lot of Star Wars. I just discovered <laughs> Star Wars, y'all. Oh. And so it's one of those. But he says, uh, hang on, where are you, Mr. Murray? Okay, here it is. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. good. Drop it. Prayer is the one hand with which we grab the invisible. Mm-hmm. Fasting is the other hand with which we let go wow. of the visible. Boom. That's wow. exactly right. What we see, what the visible yeah. is the greatest deterrent to yeah. the prayer of faith. Yeah. Because it's like right there. That's why the father say in another narrative, he says, I, I help my unbelief. I know yeah. what I've lived with. Yes. I know the yes. facts, right? But there's that faith aspect of it. Yeah. And so Brilliant. for me, when you are praying and fasting, when you fast, yeah. right, all those things then come down yeah. and they're brought into a place of subservience. Yeah. And then your faith yeah. is exposed because that's essentially our natural habitat. And you can ask in faith, knowing that there is a God who rejoices yeah. to answer our prayers. There's a God who specializes in, in the mm. possible, that he has called us beings of impossibility. Mm. And in Christ, yeah. we get access to mm. all those things. Wow. And so. Honestly, it's so brilliant because one thing that came to mind, kind of what your exposition did, is one of the misconceptions I've heard of interpreting what happens in that um, that narrative is there somehow the demonic door open against was so strong yeah. that they needed to fast rather yeah. than the belief like what fasting was doing was in the person praying yeah it's just yes. so wild actually absolutely to hear that response yeah. absolutely and that's why those go go in tandem like yeah. yes fasting is a practice but it's always when as they fasted and prayed yeah. Sanctify a solemn assembly right and then pray mm-hmm. Esther was like pray uh, fast for three days and pray for yes. me because yes. yeah, I think it takes a lot of our humanity out of the way when it comes to a lot mm. of things. Oh, so, brilliant! Well, yeah. tell us, reward. What happens to our bodies when we fast? Yeah. Oh, this is uh, <laughs> man. I'm gonna try to not get this is now this go, is where I geek go, out, y'all. <laughs> but I think um, I think a, 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 a very fundamental, and I always bring you guys down because I know like a lot of our listeners here are higher echelon kind of thinkers <laughs> and everything. I love but that. I always try to go back to because <laughs> fasting is so misunderstood, right? I'm like, if I were to ask uh, the dumbest questions of about specific things explain that from there and then i can add my own complexity oh, yes. to it and so uh, when we look at our physiology right in um in its most basic forms our yeah. body's a machine right mm, and because yes. our body's a machine then it's all about fuels right mm. it's all about fuels and uh 
I want to highlight two neurotransmitters or, or hormones specifically, which I think have everything to do with that, and that's dopamine and insulin. Yeah. And so, for example, when our body has two prime prerogatives, right, which are conditioned and programmed into our physiology, which is preservation of the species, like protect mm-hmm. the species at every Right mm. at every at any cost, don't and die. Promul- yeah, don't <laughs> die. And promul- <laughs> promulgation of the species yeah. is like yes. make, yes. make more babies. Yeah. 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 Check for you and Pam. <laughs> exactly. Well done. That's Ooh. literally what the hospital <laughs> told us. Still alive, and you made another sabunda. <laughs> there we go. It's like don't die and make more babies. You know what I'm saying? That's that's consistent with the Genesis 126 mandate. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like simple enough. And so then, what does our body do? Right? What scripts mm-hmm. does it run to to do that? So. So the reward drug, right? Uh, the dopamine. dopamine. Yeah. Everything that we do, mm-hmm. it's it's a reward. When you do something, yeah. behavior, which is consistent with those mm-hmm. particular parameters, it rewards it. That's how we know that. Gives you this little hit of happiness. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like you're on the right track. So when, Even yeah. if you're not on the right track. <laughs> you're not on the right track. Yeah, exactly. You're roughly on the right track. Go in the wrong <laughs> direction. <laughs> but... And so the body is not all that wise. No, so the body is the just time. like I'm only interested. No. Are you eating and are you making babies? That's it. If you are, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, but but what happens is so the body uh, prioritizes caloric dense foods. So if you eat something that is salt, oil, and sugar, the body rewards you dopamine and says, uh-huh. ah, that's good. What you did there was good. Why? Uh-huh. Because that's how we store our fuels, right? Going back to that primordial cave. Uh-huh. And it's like, you don't know when the next deer or the next meal is going to yes. come and yeah. everything. So yeah. it's feasting and fasting. That's kind of how it is. So, hey, eat as much as you can. And so it takes all of that, all those calories, and it stores them as as fat in your body. And so uh, it stores them in there. And then the more you eat, that's how we know pizza is good, right? Because of the dopamine. That's how we know all the stuff that is a donut, right? Which is the citadel of soil, oil, salt, oil, and sugar, you know? But we know it's good. Unless you have a refined palate like John Mark and you've trained no, yourself no. in no, a godliness. If a refined palate means you don't like pizza and donuts, I do not have a refined palate. the best pizza I think I've ever had. Sorry, I don't enjoy We keep just talking about food on this podcast yeah. about fasting. Exactly. It's important now. Our senses are heightened now. Uh, this yeah. just goes right to the noun <laughs> quote. You think about... We're getting more primitive. Yes, we're, we're regressing. We're regressing. regressing for sure. But what it does is, so, and then it, it, it rewards you for eating calorie-dense foods, yeah. right? And that's what it does. But then uh, what happens is when you step away from sources of food... Right then, uh, your 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 energy, uh, rather the, the glucose, which is what we essentially use for energy, uh, in a sense, it kind of mm-hmm. begins to grow, drop as the body uses yeah. more and more of that. And when it does, is your the body insulin, stops burning sugar for that's fuel exactly and starts right. burning fat. That it starts mm-hmm. burning fat, and mm-hmm. that is essentially ketones. So when you fast, mm-hmm. ketosis, right? It's ketosis, the whole diet, the ketosis diet, yeah, yeah it's ketosis all based diet. on an intentional attempt to put your body into yeah. this state. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think about it. So what happens with fasting? Once that happens, uh, three things happen. Number one, in ketosis, you get a different uh, energy source, mm-hmm. and that energy source is specifically ketones, and that's a cleaner burn. Yes, because yeah. then really your, your, your brain, brain. Yes, it's better for your brain yeah. and everything. And then the second thing that happens, yes, yeah. is autophagy. 
which I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Where your body this begins. This is awesome. Tell us yeah. about this. I no, just learned about this recently. Oh, it's dude, it is phenomenal. So amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, so what it is is just to that to optimize yeah. and kind of with that switch with the energy. So your body begins to burn like uh, a protease, like redundancies in your body. So all those like the things that stopped working, cancerous growth. One and doctor everything. I read called them the zombie cells. Yeah, yes. Yes. exactly. Yes. Any yes. cells in your body that are dead or diseased yes. or that's um, it, your body starts to cleanse that's itself. I thought it was, exactly was it what eating? It or is, is that well, how it autophagy happens? literally yeah. means self-eating. Yeah. Self-eating. Yeah. So right. your body goes yeah. in. Yeah, about 24 wow. hours in, your body mm-hmm. goes into this state where it begins to eat itself, but in a good way. It yeah. eats Absolutely. the disease yeah. and the dead. Uh, one doctor I read called it the body's way of taking out the trash. That's oh, exactly. let's go. Right. Let's go. Which when we talk about holiness, we'll come back to that. Like you're feeding on something else, the charismatic. Yes, exactly. It's like the body. I used to do this whenever at upper room. Of course, you know this goes at the upper room. Like during the fasting, that January kind of consecrated fast. I'd be like, all right, now, because you're fasting, we're going to do something called uh, spiritual autophagy. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and find out the things that the enemy is doing. And I want you to begin to speak, eat that up and speak encouragement. Nobody has ever talked about spiritual autophagy in our church. (laughs) Well, you know, exactly. But that's essentially what 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 begins to happen. And that's why we see such a... um, an mm-hmm. energy and a focus mm-hmm. and a clarity when when mm-hmm. you fast. Yeah. Now, what happens the first couple of um, the first couple of of, of days, like the 24, yeah. 48, and seventy two hours, yeah. that's when you're in that active crisis mode yeah. because of our addictions. Right, we're addicted mm-hmm. to coffee, we're addicted to everything. Yeah, all the and withdrawals. Yes, all yeah. the withdrawals, and so Dopamine that's why absolutely yeah. that's why oh, fasting. Goodness. I think it's why so every hard. time I did it the first time, I would just feel depressed. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And my body had never had time to acclimate to it. That's yeah. exactly yeah. and and the best analogy to that point, John Mark, that I can think of is you know when yeah. you get on a plane and you're going up, yeah. right? When you're getting around that atmosphere space and the cloud yeah. cover like you're going to hit a lot of kind of a yeah, right, turbulence, turbulence but yeah. you know that if i keep going i kind oh, of open up in this yeah, clear, you reach a spot where it's yes just and it's just like calm yeah. and everything so in that first three or four days it's like your your back hurts because yeah. your kidneys are cleaning all of this out yeah. your withdrawals right. and your toxins and it's really sucks. good for you wow. oh my it gosh it's incredible for you <laughs> it, it feels horrible <laughs> it is the worst and then yeah. also too your brain is going what's happening yep. so yeah. this this really happens it starts to bring up every thought of wow. every donut you ever every Wendy's <laughs> meal, like the worst caloric dense things you've ever you eaten. You start planning your you first plan meal you back. You can smell it oh, yeah. yeah. because it's so trying to, to yeah. bait wow. you back into that. Yeah. But once once you get past that, right, now you have new fuel for your brain, right? You're releasing BDNF, uh, right? And so new brain cells are being yeah. formed. New neurotransmitters. And yes, yeah, and so, so good for your brain. You hit this place of just absolute sublime mm. peace where you can feel all of your soma is completely wow. aligned and all the hormones and all the stuff that was out of whack yeah. has completely been brought into alignment wow. and in that place in that place of silence mm. i feel like is where like spiritually that is the loudest thing that's happening your mm. spiritual sensitivity goes to the next level mm. and it does all of these things so the reason yeah. i i mean there's different ways to fast like like what you said yeah. most africans do the six to six yes. but the yes. reason that i Keep What's it six to six? So six a.m. to six p.m. Got it. So they don't yeah. eat within that. Yeah. But the reason I actually love and and subscribe to the prolonged aspect of it is because uh, it's a cumulative effort. So you start at mm-hmm. twenty four hours, and then autophagy starts, and it just keeps growing yes. and growing yeah. until at around day eleven or, to- or or twelve, depending on how much glucose was in your diet before. 
it's like your body is completely you have new cells and you're kind of watching this so tell us tell us about this tell yeah. us about your the long fa- i've never done a long i've never yeah. done longer than yeah. seven days because now i'm like this is so, longer than i imagined actually yeah yeah so i'm just trying to get people to fast like till dinner yeah, once a week like that's that, like yeah. my agenda for you as a listener yeah, like, it is like, consider fasting on wednesdays and or fridays until 7 yeah. p.m or whatever absolutely reward a- over here wants you to go for 21 days <laughs> yinka wants you to go for 50 days <laughs> longer than like jesus rookie. <laughs> Still 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah, this was different. No, yeah. definitely. No, this is full. So, so mm-hmm. tell us, tell us about your experience. Yeah. Just narrate that for us. No, what absolutely. First off, what was the inciting event like? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I'm guessing you did not do it for fun or yeah. just to like <laughs> lose a few pounds. Like, yeah. What? For kicks. What motivated you to do that long of a fast? Yeah. So that honestly was, I felt like the spirit was prompting me to go mm-hmm. on an on an elevated faster and yes there were things that i needed direction from the lord mm-hmm. for and i needed clarity because everything else on the soulish level right all the math was adding up to this yeah. particular um almost like uh, opportunity over here and i was like but i gotta hear the lord because mm-hmm. it's going to take me in a totally different direction wow. mm-hmm. so my wife who is hardcore and that's how mm-hmm. she was raised like why don't you fast and i'm like you know what yeah i'm gonna do the six to six and everything but i felt like the lord was calling me to something um, on the front end of it, he didn't tell me how many days, oh, but I knew it was like wise. an extended <laughs> kind of fast. He knew, yeah, he knew. <laughs> and so what happens was I, I started going into the theology of fasting. I started looking mm-hmm. at this. I started oh, wow. thinking about, oh, but I know this from a cultural, uh, right? The people on the yeah. other side, like yeah. the dark, the darkness, they fast for long periods if they want to hear. So I was like, okay, the enemy is nothing new. So there's probably virtue to, to yes. that in a sense. That's an inverse. So, yeah. And, and inverse. Yeah. I was like, so yeah. the inverse, oh, wow. the virtue of it must be true. And so I kind of started then researching. I was like, okay, I've tried it before. It sucks. What about this sucks? <laughs> and then that's when I was like, oh, so when I feel this, it's because my body's shifting to this, oh, right? When my okay. back hurts, it's because of this. Yeah. And so I still remember. So that's why I was like, well, let me take an elongated kind of wow. fast. And then I started looking into like the the medical journals, like, yeah. right? Yeah. Is this a fad? Is there science yes, to back? Yes. And that's when I was blown away. And wow. I was like, yo, yeah, the I, found, I found the science really interesting too, not mm-hmm. to degrade the spirituality of yeah. But to un- again, theology of the body. Yeah. To understand, I read a whole book, uh, you know, that basically argued it's unhelpful to try to separate fasting as a healthy mm-hmm. habit yeah. for your body yeah. from fasting as a spiritual discipline yeah. oh my because gosh. you're a whole person yeah. Yeah. and yeah. so what's good for your body is good for your soul you know, for your whole yeah. person so yeah. and when you get to 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 around date 12 or 13 jam it's like wow. there's this beautiful <laughs> merger i don't know ignorance <laughs> i think i'm okay with it i don't know 14 days from now he's gonna be there but 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 this beautiful thing happens to where you know if you guys have ever read like brother lawrence and how his conversion he says like i think he says he looked at a leaf or something it's the most beautiful i'm i'm gonna try not to uh not to cry when i get to this but because you will never experience that so i Around day 14 so you wake up right and we'll go back to the earlier times and then all of a sudden the process is all your internal body process like it's like you don't know it because you're so used to it but there's this hum and this din and this noise that your body makes mm-hmm. when it's digesting and doing all those things so you wake up to this the best way to to explain it is, is it's a confusing silence it's so profound it's tangible 
And then all of a sudden, it's like uh, you're, I still remember, um, I got into the car and I started driving and I looked at the trees and how they were moving. And, I, and, and, and I'm like, that's worship. And I was so touched oh. by that. And then all of this, your, your senses are so like a, sensitive. There's like a hyper alertness oh, that comes goodness. with it. Yes, but it's beyond an alertness. Uh, without sounding weird, it's almost no, like it's a oneness. Wow. with creation that's the best way to describe it and it's funny because when you go on youtube and you look at people who are not religious who have done extended fasting yeah. they always talk about the, uh this and they're like man the colors start yes. it's like the it's sun is brighter yeah interesting you smell like you yes. smell more and the aromas oh. and everything and you just feel this so I it's almost that. weird because you go through this active healing crisis yeah. and your body goes haywire yeah. and then it kind of quiets down for a little bit and then wow. it comes alive wow. And now spirit, soul, and body are perfectly aligned and in your worship and you feel this closeness to the Lord. And then, oh man, the most beautiful thing about it, you know, when the Bible talks about joy inexpressible and full of glory, mm-hmm. like that, like joy, I mean, it's a third wow. of the kingdom. It's a real emotion and you yeah. feel it, but it's not tied to any event where I'm joyful because of yes. this. Like yes. you now exist in this incredible space of oneness and gratitude wow. and and enjoy it. It's, it is the weirdest thing in the that world. That is incredible. I mean, the closest I can think of is like Sabbath. There's this moment in Sabbath where you're like, you're just like disconnected from the world as you know it. Yes. But this sounds even more yes. heightened than that where you're oh like, my I goodness. see. Like, I is... see my life. Like I'm in my flat, which mm. I'm always in my flat. But then you're like, I see my life. That's you know, like exactly I see the things around me. And it is unbelievable. Perspective. But this, I'm like inspired But it's interesting. Yeah. Also with Sabbath, I feel often the first part of Sabbath is oh, hard. No. Yeah. Emotions like come up. For yeah. sure. For sure. You know, my body is just, sure. oh. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, by the end, there is yeah. this process of Absolutely. change. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's one. I like what someone said to, to that when you talk yeah. about perspective. Said a diet changes the way we look, but fasting changes the way we see. Right. Ooh. And, I feel like when you get to that level, as you go, especially after day 14 and 15, your bodily processing now, now you're one, now when you read the word. And then another thing that happens because, right, you have uh, new brain cells, but on top of that, like, you're burning ketones, which is a cleaner burn. So you don't have this cognitive latency or lag. Like yeah. You don't wow. have any grogginess. So like Socrates, it says he used to fast. He was notorious All the for Greek philosophers fast. would do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and they Just did for, it for, for mental, mental clarity. clarity. Yeah. Wow. And it Perception, hits you. insight. Lots of writers use oh, it. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why even in our conversation before when you're like, I was like, I still remember, I don't know if you remember, I was like, man, the insights that you're going to get like when it comes to, then all of a sudden. Yeah, he's like, referring to a time when he tried to get me to do a 21 day fast. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did a three day fast <laughs> instead. Like, get out of here with that African mess. <laughs> but we but, had some great text messaging. Yeah. That's, and I think the closest example to it is if you guys have ever, well, long ago there was this movie, it's a trash movie, but I think it's the, it's the closest. There was this movie called Limitless. Oh, and, oh and so yes, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man, love me some Bradley it. Cooper. Yes. And it was tied to how, like, seen. all of a sudden you can unlock all Access these things. Of your yeah. brain. That is what fasting does. Wow. Like, I can think of a concept and immediately I'm right there. The clarity, the interconnectedness, wow. the scripture and everything. Yeah. It's, it is, it is the, I think it is the closest you can come to God's yes. intent when he made the yeah. Soma. Right? I almost never Spirit, write soul. sermons wow. anymore wow. when I'm not fasting. Yes. And those are shorter fasts, yeah. you know, yeah, but, but just it, the honing. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And again, 
we're not saying or you're not saying just do it for good mental no. clarity and no. it's good for your body no. and cleanser <laughs> yeah. and you know no. good for your immune system you're saying you're a whole person mm. and all of this can be leveraged to open you absolutely to god i feel yeah. like that's what that's what that primarily fasting is yeah. when you do that it positions it's it's almost like it's a return i yeah. feel like to god's original blueprint yeah. Like mm. my brother um, came over, he was like, he had high blood pressure. He was on diabetes medication mm. and all these things were happening. And I was like, it feels like everything is out of alignment and out of whack. And the mm. only thing I know that brings perfect alignment to your body, to your soul, to your spirit is fasting. Mm. So I was like, hey, why don't you do this with me, right? Let's try 14 days and then wow. we'll go day by day after that. And we'll see, I'm telling you, he started fasting and all this and he's panicking. And I was like, just hold on. No, you yeah. don't need to take your medication. I mean, don't listen to this, obviously. I knew my brother. <laughs> so this was a yeah, disclaimer. Doctor's disclaimer. <laughs> Reward but is not a physician. <laughs> exactly. Really he is not. a no, Pentecostal. This is a subjective. So you want him to pray for you. <laughs> And teach you how to pray. That's right. This is this is from the Pentecostal African, whatever it is. But yes, but but what happened was around that day fourteen and fifteen. But now he was though he was talking to his physician and my. It's only when he would come to me do I was like, don't listen to that. Let's go. You will. Nobody's ever died from fasting. I don't know if that's true or not, but it was motivating. I knew the type of person that he is he, he loves tough love yeah. but around day 14 of his like everything stabilized like his wow. blood sugar wow. like he's now he's off medication and he's working out and so i think to me if you were to talk and about you're fasting, saying there's an alignment of the that whole is person primarily a homeostasis that's a, exactly a, an integration of the person come to God. equilibrium in everything that's beautiful wow. yeah, my goodness hi my name is ben and i'm a high school teacher married and in my mid-20s. For the longest time, I was afraid to fast because I am a type one diabetic. And that means my relationship to food can be quite complicated. Uh, while I wouldn't recommend this to everyone, I've seen God meet me tangibly through fasting, even while having a chronic illness. Often my blood sugars will start to trend low because I'm not eating anything. And when this happens, I'll pray and ask the Lord to allow me to continue fasting. Many times, I have witnessed the rise of my blood sugars without eating any food. I've taken this to be the Lord honoring my desire to meet Him tangibly through a fast. He allows me to keep fasting as a sign and reminder of His mercy and nearness despite the brokenness that my body carries. So what would you say to someone who's interested in fasting for the first time or just even exploring? Especially if they're not a Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, hypothetical scenario, let's say 14 days yeah. is like, you know, I was thinking about hiking, so let's go do Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, my first boss ever in ministry is this wonderful guy, Jim, if you're listening. Fantastic guy. He's just yeah. this like hardcore adventurer, outdoors guy. Yeah. He texted me a year or two ago. He's like, hey, man, you want to go climb Mount Everest with me? <laughs> and it was not a joke. It's like, hey, let's just go do it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, no, I, th I, think, I, might die. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> and he went and did it. And he's still alive. Wow. wow. He's still and, alive. And, and I did not do it. <laughs> 
That would be the Pentecostal. Like, you so <laughs> You're fasting for 21 days. He's climbing Mount Everest. I love truffle fries. From <laughs> <laughs> the lady at McDonald's knows my order. Uh, number 10. <laughs> yeah, so, but seriously, where, you know, where would you have people start? Yeah. You know, you've had these yeah. extraordinary experiences in longer yeah. fasts. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. Yinka and I have had such great life come to us through just regular shorter yeah, fasts yeah. becoming a part of yeah. our rule of life mm-hmm. yeah. um, for somebody who's never done this before yeah. or barely done it before they've done yeah. it once or twice and we're just miserable and hangry yeah. mm-hmm. what advice would you give for somebody starting out no absolutely jim and uh just to to jim's point though in, in all honesty like i didn't start there yeah. you don't have to start there i feel like um your brother did yeah i had exactly (laughs) i had to point people and say if you do climb mount everest right one day this is what it is but i think for the most part like just your simple complete abstinence from food obviously you have to drink water because um a a lot of stuff is happening in your body and you need to cleanse and flush toxins and everything out of there but just your your basic six to six for three reasons. Number one, let's go back into that. Uh, number one, the spiritual aspects of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You will feel right closer to the Lord. Like there's just going to be a lot of spiritual mm-hmm. clarity, right? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. because in its essence, fasting is a consecration, and we yes. know that consecration is an offering to God. Absolutely, yeah. it is a pleasing offering to Him, yeah. and so that's why so many times, mm-hmm. even if we don't fast right, right? There's parameters, yeah. whatever. But God sees our hearts and he sees mm-hmm. our desires as his children to offer ourselves to mm-hmm. him and to be pleasing to him. Yes. And he rewards that and he blesses yeah. that. So I would say uh, the baseline, though, is what uh, JM and you guys were talking about is um, fasting is abstaining from food. Seems everybody but Christians understands that. Right. When yeah. your doctor says come in a fasted state, yeah. I can't come to him and be like, I fasted Netflix. Like, what, are you, what are you talking about? Right? It's like, yeah, we built a uh, no. So abstain from food. I would start with six to six. Right? You walk in, you're like, I, I've been fasting from, yeah, from shopping yeah, yeah. for 12 you'd be, you'd be hours. Proud of me. 24 hours, no Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, sir, get out of here. And I'm turning fast. You're going to die. But, um, but yeah, I, I would say that, like, uh, just start with a basic six to six, because even more important, because remember, it's a holistic mm-hmm. somatic mm-hmm. approach, mm-hmm. even yeah. more important than what's happening within your body yeah. is, is the, is the posture of your heart. Mm-hmm. It's like, are oh, you like, yeah. it's consecration, it's quietness, yeah. it's stillness, yeah. because as you fast, especially as mm-hmm. you progress, if the Lord gives you the grace to progress, mm-hmm. your spirit becomes more sensitive to things. Yeah. So the first thing is, I would say that posture yourself in a place of prayer, t- say mm-hmm. for six hours i'm going to shut myself in if you can if you're able with the lord or constantly we talked about in the prayer practice yeah. right in your walk with the lord commune more with the yes. lord yeah. it's really not a good yeah. idea to be busy no, then, like yeah. and no, try to yeah. pick a day no, where you exactly. don't have a ton going on mm-hmm. and you're not in meetings for 12 hours straight I mean, or, especially you know, a great point fast. that's yes. a great the spiritual yes, benefit comes from that attitude and yeah, posture of consecration mm-hmm. so there's that aspect of it and then the second thing is it's um it's 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 it, it's good for your mind things are happening it's mm-hmm. good it's it's kind of, there's an assurance with mm-hmm. the grace of the holy spirit on mm-hmm. you as you do that and finally it is phenomenal for your body mm-hmm. a lot of those processes that we're talking about begin yeah. get triggered at 12 hours and then you yeah. you keep getting getting yeah. compounded it makes so much sense to me now too, yeah. especially that 12 hour mark and yes. you feel literally i feel like stronger in a sense absolutely. when you pass that absolutely yeah. yes. i like absolutely. I'll, my my body finally knows there's a point where it goes 
oh, I'll be okay. Yeah. But it's not, yes. for, but in the beginning, yes. it's like, goodness yeah. gracious. No, yeah. And then you sense a capacity starting to grow, oh you know? Goodness. Yeah. So Absolutely. I know what you're talking. Yeah. Yes. Wow. That's and helpful that's for me. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Start I, with one yeah. day. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Go no, ahead. No, please. Because I was even saying like to affirm what you said, because often the ideas are like, it's a kind of sneaky thing of your body's benefiting from this. Yeah. But if we think that God is a designer <laughs> of our body and like, absolutely like, like in God's goodness and wisdom, the idea that like in Sabbath we rest because our bodies are designed like sort of idea of machine and fuel mm-hmm. but like the fact that our body benefits is a good thing there's god in yes. his infinite wisdom yes. you know that we are what he's constructed yes. this matter is affected like in a positive way no, by absolutely this and the funny thing about that that you brought it up like every doctor and everybody says mm-hmm. the fasting the, the 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 whole the substratum to fasting yeah. has got to be rest mm-hmm. if you exert yourself if you wow. work or if you exercise it actually curtails that whole bodily process and oh, it throws that's you good off. advice yes what? like literally medical professionals say that it's like the best that you get from fasting mm-hmm. is actually like uh, i don't know if you guys have heard of like dr gold um Goldhammer out in California. He's got a fasting institute. He's been doing this for 30 years. And basically, all those people show up there and uh, they're medically supervised and he just gives them water for like... And some people will go there for like 20 or 30 days and their their primary thing is you're here to rest. So like Mm -hmm. disconnect from the outside world and let your body do its natural process. Because going back to that... As we we evolved as beings, like we didn't have this, this this comedian says America or the West is the only place where people go hunting on an empty stomach. So as <laughs> our bodies were developing, right, there would be periods to where we wouldn't eat, and your body needs that. But now that we have food on demand, there's three meals a day. Yes. It's not giving our bodies time to rest. Wow. And essentially, yeah, kind of build, rebuild, and do all these things. So yeah, because well, digestion is work. Absolutely, oh, yes. to give your body Absolutely. rest from it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but I just think there's so much wisdom in the you know crawl before you walk, before yes. you run, mm-hmm. before you half marathon, before you marathon, <laughs> before you. If you're a reward, so start, I mean, start till lunch one day, yes. if that's where you're at, yes. just don't eat breakfast mm-hmm. and start there yep. and then inch your way forward. And my experience is that your body does adapt. That's right. You know, there's the, that's there's it. the process your body goes through over 21 days that's or whatever, right. yeah. but then there's also the process yeah. your body goes through. Um, with just regular fasting, mm-hmm. of yes. it's kind of used to. Hey, on every Wednesday or Wednesday and Friday yeah. or whatever, right. I don't. That's right. And yeah. you do, Rhythms. and that hangry yes. does go away. <laughs> yes. And in exactly. its place is clarity yes. of mind, exactly. joy, yeah. a sense of holiness, that's consecration, yeah. sense of integration. That's exactly. Like my fast days <laughs> are honestly like some of yeah. the best days of my week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Jim, too. Uh, one thing. I'll, uh, one last thing I'll say is. There have been times to where I, I try to fast and I failed, right? Yeah. So there are times to where, like, the Lord calls you to a fast and he pours out his grace. Mm. And there's no guilt. Like, there's times to where you're like, this was a bad fast or a bad start <laughs> or one of those. Like, yeah. show yourself grace in the process. Yeah. But the one thing That's I want to exhort people to is just don't get comfortable because you know that as the grace of God enables mm. you to go further and further, mm. there's better things out there for all of us. So yeah, work with the Holy Spirit. Fasting, like so many of the disciplines, is designed to 
bring you to the end of yourself Boom. Oh. and the beginning that of God's is power. Beautiful. That is grace. You get there quite early, too. Well, yes. <laughs> you too, with fasting. <laughs> with that, fasting. That one, I get there really fast. <laughs> oh, reward. We honor you. We respect oh, you. Love you. Thank God for you, for your love and life. Um, you are such a gift. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you to Pam and the Cub, yes. as you call them. Thank you so for, much. For you on loan. Um, to all of you, and again, Yinka, Jay, love you too, oh, both. So you. much. Love so you. grateful to sit around this table with you. Thank you to all of you for listening. We are still a new podcast. If you found this at all helpful, please spread the word. Tell your family, your friends, post about it, all that kind of stuff if you want. You can also subscribe or follow to stay up to date on new episodes and seasons coming out. It's also helpful for us if you want to leave a review online, if it's a good one or a <laughs> mediocre one, you know, four stars, three and a half stars. Um, and this entire episode is also on YouTube if you want or to share with your family or friends. Otherwise, we'll be back next week with episode two on fasting to grow in holiness. In the meantime, yes, a ton Thank of love. You. Thank Bless you for being you here with us. Goodbye. Thanks Thank for you. listening.